Hello, everyone, and welcome to Procurement Innovation, brought to you by GoProcure. Excited to have you continuing on our journey of the 2021 year, taking a look at experts in the procurement innovation space. And I'm very excited to have my next guest. Uh, we've done a podcast in the past. We've even done webinars. Uh, she is known as one of the top thought leaders in the space. Christina Morrow, how are you? Hi, Raj. Thank you for having me today. Well, thank you for joining. And for those who don't know, Christina is the Director of Supplier Diversity slash Supplier Relationship Management at RICO. And uh, she's been leading that organization for a few years now. So, Christina, how long have you been at RICO and doing all the amazing things you're doing over there? Yeah, I've actually been at RICO for almost 20 years now. Um, actually, it is 20 years. It was 20 years last November. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sometime I started as a buyer in procurement. Oh, wow. So how have you seen things change uh, since, you know, years ago when you're focused just on the buying side? And, you know, I think now you can see that diversity mm -hmm. and inclusion and even cost savings have become such a ample part of uh, success for all these organizations. Yeah, I think the biggest things that has changed um, is it's not just procurement's just not about a transaction anymore. Um, it, it's now part of the culture. Um, and another big change, I would say, is the technology um, that is now available to help, you know, really give visibility and um, bring the message of procurement um, to the overall organization. Yeah, and I know that there's probably strong metrics. I know you, this, since we're on a public forum, you probably can't share. But uh, being a global uh, leader like you guys, are these yeah, I mean, I assume that you have procurement sourcing goals for every location of RICO. We do. I mean, we have our global goal, um, which is set annually at the beginning of our fiscal year, which starts in April. And then each region um, has their own goal as well. Wow. And is this, do, do these goals, are they set by the C-suite? Uh, yes, they are. So that's, you know, you always hear that, how do we get a seat at the table? And sometimes I think many organizations don't have that access. Now, I know you said you've been uh, with RICO and you've kind of moved from the buy side to the source and the relationship side. What, what would you say some of the, you know, the, the most innovative things that you've seen your organization has taken on the last few years? I would say it's just being able to embrace change as the, our industry changes, uh, being able to bring in suppliers um, that can meet those needs um, with our changing industry as we go for a transformation ourselves at RICO to more of a digital services company. Gotcha. And would you say that on the supplier side, I know you're very active in a lot of these uh, sourcing and procurement organizations and the diversity organizations. How have they been helpful to you? Yeah. Um, from the supplier diversity side, the organizations like NMSCC and WeBank, uh, where they've been really helpful is being able to help us find um diversity suppliers that may have more of a niche that can help us um, 
meet our goals that some of these larger, you know, the everyday suppliers just may not be able to. So being able to have that unique perspective um, has helped us be innovative as well. Great, great. And then I know that, uh, you know, it, the last year we're all going through a pandemic. And I know it's been, you know, very difficult for firms that provide services um, that have to actually go physically in organizations and those organizations are not there. So how is how is your organization specifically had to support, you know, the, the changes in the landscape over the last year? Yeah, so it's definitely become more of that virtual environment. Um, I mean, we really have two pieces of the organization, right? We have our back office, which is, you know, the functions like marketing, finance, procurement, and we've been able to just function, you know, using Microsoft Teams, et cetera. But we still have, you know, our frontline um, who have to service the customer directly. So it's been, you know, having that communication with our employees who need to support the customers and making sure that we understand what our requirements may be um, for that specific customer in regards to the pandemic. And as it relates to kind of interacting with your suppliers, mm-hmm. how, how has that changed? Um, it's just been leveraging technology. So the in-person meetings have gone away. Um, but the good news is, you know, we were already all getting used to using Microsoft Teams and Zoom. Um, so it's just been trying to get by using everything virtually. Um, so because the technology has been in place, it's allowed us to adapt. Gotcha. And I know that, you know, you have both a domestic role, but also you oversee some things that happen globally. Can you kind of give us a lens on you know, how are those things the same and how are they maybe a little bit different overseas where you get involved? Yeah, so that definitely has been a change um, because that team, a lot of the interaction has been meeting in person. So taking those trips to our global headquarters to Japan, at least quarterly to meet. I think in the beginning, especially the first six months, I felt like nothing was happening globally because we were all like in that let's let's wait you know, this is going to pass, things are going to get better in the next, what, what were they saying in the beginning, you know, we started in March, we all thought we'd be back in normal June, then everybody thought they'd be back together in the fall. Um, So we needed to learn how to utilize technology um, to, to adapt and to um, try to still work and collaborate together. And is, I would assume that, you know, I, I know you're being very humble, but I know it hasn't been the easiest task to manage your supply chain overseas, uh, especially since you're used to going to the far east quite often. Yeah, I mean, it, ha- it has been a challenge, um, you know, especially from a communication standpoint, but I think we've, we've gotten past that. Um, and now we're at a point that we can just jump on a Teams call. It may not be the most ideal time for either party, um, but we try to take turns and make it work. What do you want to those suppliers that probably be listening in? You know, we'll have, I'm sure that we'll have a number of procurement peers that listen to this podcast, but those suppliers that actively want to work with 
Rico and, you know, the end of this year or next year, what would you tell them that they should focus on if they're trying to get in the door with Rico? Is understanding what Rico's digital transformation um, strategy is and uh, bringing those innovative solutions to our company to help us grow, help us change and transform. Um, looking into the RICO lens on how we can do things differently and helping us with that. So basically having them be innovative so that, you know, the more innovative suppliers uh, can become long-term strategic partners rather than just a transactional uh, vendor. Correct. That's what we're looking for is those strategic partners. Is there any areas, I know you can't talk specifically, mm-hmm. but larger scale areas that you, you know, whether it be on the direct side or the indirect side that in the coming years you, you want suppliers to think about? I don't have any specific categories, but it is on the indirect side um, within services. Good, good. And then, you know, I, I know you mentioned digital transformation without spilling the secret sauce can you kind of let us know um a little bit about where you know what's the roadmap for rico when you're saying digital transformation that is a lot of meetings to a lot of people but how does rico see that and what does that mean in terms of your customers as well as internal yeah so so to speak internally um it's taking a look at our internal processes and how can we do things more efficiency and bringing in the technology to help us get there um, to also meet the changing needs of our customer as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then are you from a, from a digital transformation standpoint, are there those services for Rico customers also looking to change than what you've done in the past? What we've been looking to do, which really started and made us, um, I would say, fast forward, um, is our is the pandemic. Um, looking at how we can provide more remote services to our customer um, versus having to be in person um, to service, you know, their equipment and their multifunctional devices. They know that the services that you provide for the different verticals are an absolute necessity for organizations. You know, I'm, we, we know that. So I, the, quite, the broader question is then when Rico is dealing with clients, and this may or may not be something that you intimately get involved with, but those customers now that have mail rooms and different services that are further spread out and people aren't coming to work and you guys still have to support them. How, how have you guys been able to do that? Yeah, so it's been working with our customer to provide um, an innovative solution um, to continue the service for them, either be in a remote environment or in some cases we still have some on-site support, but adjusting to the customer's needs to support them remotely if they're not physically in their office. And I assume that there's been a lot of customization because everybody's probably got a different type of uh, story of how they're addressing this. There sure has been. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, let's, let's come back to, you know, your, your role in terms of uh, broad based. I mean, what does, 
you know, at in terms of supplier relationship management and in terms of the global, what is what is deemed success at the end of the year look like? Where would you and your the executive team sit down and go, wow, procurement, sourcing, supplier relationship management was really successful? Yeah, so just to back up a little bit, um, about a year ago, my role was modified um, to include that title, supplier relationship management. And one of the reasons why um, my role was expanded to, was to make sure we had a greater focus on our supplier relationships, especially for our strategic suppliers that are helping us with our transformation. So when you think about what success means is, you know, bringing on those partners that we can um, help cultivate to meet our strategic goals overall and also collaborate with those suppliers to bring innovative solutions to Rico. Well, that makes total sense. And so I know by having to have that modified role, you're really carrying a lot of different areas that uh, you have to undertake and, uh, you know, kudos to you. So you know, give us a little bit of a look into your, your, your path of, you know, how you got from buyer to where you are now and, you know, where do you foresee the next four or five years for yourself? Yeah. So I think it's been more, you know, it's just been this path I've kind of, have fell into, um, you know, I started as a buyer for actually supplies um, that were at the time, you know, Rico was icon and I was purchasing Canon supplies. And then I moved into more of a supervisory management role. Um, then I would say about 15 years ago, I fell into the indirect um, expense side. So managing our travel program, supplier diversity, and all of our indirect purchasing. And I gotta say from there, I think I found my niche um, being able to work with, you know, our various functions and bring value to Rico. Um, moving forward, I mean, I just see the role evolving and how we can further um, focus on streamlining as an organization to continue to bring uh, cost savings and uh, innovative solutions to Rico. No, I, I know that you're not uh, giving away the, the, the path where you're headed, but I, I, I know, I know based on our relationship, it's only upward and onward. So, you know, kudos to everything you've been doing for Rico and what you have lying ahead. Um, let's come back to diversity for a second. You know, I think we're both aware of the challenges diverse vendors have had you know, in this pandemic, it's been really tough. Um, is, you know, and I know if you want to speak maybe a few minutes, I know you guys take a active role in some key elements like the women's day and you have some other key events. Can you kind of shed some light of the different things Rico does? Yeah. So one of my other roles besides just procurement and supplier diversity is I lead, I'm a co-lead of our diversity and inclusion council. Um, so within that, you know, we're focusing on how can we make the culture of RICO not just diverse, because I think we do a good job at that already, but also be inclusive. Um, so some of the events that we have done in the last 12 months is, 
you know, hosted International Women's Day for Women's History Month. Um, this year, we are actually able to have a global event. Um, so we had all of our regions involved. We had Canada, we had Latin America, Japan, Asia Pacific, um, and we were able to host multiple events within that same week uh, to celebrate both the women of Rico and bring in some speakers as well. Um, in addition, you know, focusing on the community, um, a big event for us this past year in January was having um, not just celebrating Martin Luther King Day, but have an entire month of service um, to celebrate that. So even though we're still, you know, in the middle of COVID back in January, all of our employees got together and participated in virtual events across the country um, to really, you know, do good for our community. No, then, I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to applaud you because I know yeah. that, you know, here in Atlanta, you have a footprint and they participate. I've traveled elsewhere and I've seen the, mm -hmm. so it's not just, hey, where our headquarters is, what you see with a lot of companies, but, you know, Rico does a great job of incorporating these local type of penetrative events, you know, with the inclusion space, the diversity space. So I applaud you guys for that effort. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, that's been really the mission of the council is how do we bring our local areas together with our headquarters location? Because it's just not always about the individuals that sit within our headquarters. And I, I know that, you know, we, we were talking kind of changing back years to innovation. Um, and I, once again, I don't know the answer to this. That's why I'm going to ask the question. <laughs> so how, you know, how much of the new products and services that Rico puts in the market are just organic ones that you guys offer? Or do you have like an incubation period where you work with some very brand new top of the line suppliers who might be very innovative in that space? And that might be somebody you bring in and you jointly offer something to the market or you even buy those companies. I'm just, I was just curious. Yeah, it is a combination of both. I mean, we do have our products that are the Rico brand, right? That comes from our headquarters in Japan and they do introduce new project, uh, new products um, that go to market. And then within the region to our U.S., we do have an internal product marketing team look for other solutions that they may partner with a supplier on for a go-to-market strategy need that a customer within the U.S. may have. Wow, that's fantastic. So you so it could be anything not only related to the print and the services side, but it could be something else that's going to add value to the customer. And they ask, and you kind of ask, and Rico serves as the conduit? Correct still in that technology services office services space but it could be something specific to a certain industry so healthcare is in or education um or finance so something specific to those they may be there may be a need and we will as long as it's within our scope but we will partner with a provider um to bring it to market no I, it's kind of you know, ironic, we're sitting here talking and for those who are, we're taping in the, the 10th week of the, the 10th day of May. And I know that uh, Rico is just recognized by medical tech breakthrough for some efficiencies that they're doing in that space. So 
uh, kudos to you and your team for that recognition. Great, thank you. I think it just hit the wire today. I don't even know if you I, <laughs> if it's passed by your desk. Yeah, I don't know. I knew there was something being worked on. That's why I was careful of saying what uh, what industry <laughs> and left it just industry perspective. perspective. Yeah. So that's good to know that it's getting out there. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I know that uh, with our long term relationship, the the great thing you guys do for your customers. So where do you foresee? You know, now kind of not even talking about Rico mm-hmm. or. Um, this specific look at it broader where do you think as an you know an organization somebody who's got a lot of diversity experience how do we get more diverse vendors into participating with corporate america and how do we get corporate america to bring them along i mean um you know we dealt with such a, a difficult time during the pandemic that a lot of businesses went under, but uh, what thoughts do you have around that? Yeah, so I think it's it's a combination of both, right? I mean, I think that corporate corporate America needs to understand what their customers looking for. I mean, our customers are complicated now, right? There's so many different things. It's not just, as I said in the beginning, it's just not about providing that product and service. We have all these other things now. You know, you hear the whole thing about social procurement, um, which is you know taking into consideration the social issues that are out there. Um, So it's having the corporate America understanding their customer and then the diverse supplier being able to provide that, it may be something that's unique, uh, but service and solution to add value to their customer. You said something very apropos that I think we all have to look at is the social procurement aspect. Mm -hmm. And I think when we go out there and source as corporate leaders, we need to be mindful of that. And, uh, you know, it's not only at the corporate level, but the the local level. But I know that uh, we're nearing the end of our time. I would love, we're going to have to do a second session because I know we're we're running short on time here. But once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Christina. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, no, thank you, Raj, for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, Uh, Once again, thanks, everybody, for joining. This is Procurement Innovation 2021. Uh, Hope you enjoyed the show. And please give us your feedback on all our social platforms from LinkedIn to Twitter to Facebook to Google Podcasts. We thank you for joining today.